1: On your Thursday episode of Locked on Raptors, we're one Raptors bucket away from feeling pretty good on today's show. They win over the Kings, things are back on track. Instead, we're here to contemplate existentially about the future of the team with Jamar Hines of Raptors Republic. Thanks so much for hanging. Let's get to it. Oh, look, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot trying to miss. So. You are Locked on Raptors, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on? Welcome to episode number 1302 of Lockdown Raptors for Thursday, December the 15th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've covering the Toronto Raptors now for nine seasons on various platforms. You can find all of my work over on Twitter at Woodley Sean. You can follow, subscribe to, rate and review the podcast for free on your favorite podcast apps. And we are, of course, on YouTube. You can go hit the big fat red subscribe button. You can't miss it to support the show and help us push towards 3,000 subs over there on the tube all right on today's show the raptors continue to free fall their third straight loss against the sacramento kings 124-123 in which the hard truth that three is worth more than two really came to bear as the raptors hit six three-pointers over the course of an entire nba game in the year of our lord 2022 as the Kings pour in seventeen of forty six, and despite some good stuff from Fred Van Vliet, Scotty Barnes, which we'll get to later on, uh, we're sitting here picking up the pieces. Thirteen and fifteen, the Raptors sit, and uh we're gonna dive into our biggest takeaways here with our pal Jamar Hines from Raptors Republic. Jamar, what's going on, man?
2: I'm pretty good. You guys get ready, apparently. Sean has a rant waiting. So uh, he told <laughs> he told me about this already. So I don't know yeah. what to say, but we'll see.
1: I feel like maybe I built it up too much. I kind of just tweeted it all of my thoughts last night. I'll just repurpose them for the podcast. So that's what okay. you do. Um, but yeah, let's let's dive into sort of the big picture, uh, you know, sort of ramifications of this game. We'll dig into the individual performances and stuff we liked and didn't like and the good, the bad, and the hmm later on. But for me, Jamar, just coming out of this game, I feel like last night was very illuminating as to the real sort of core issues Going on with the raptors we've talked a lot in recent episodes about you know things that nick nurse could be doing differently things that uh you know that the the sort of schematic stuff the struggles of inju- individual players and how they're all kind of it's death by a million little cuts for this raptors team but i feel like last night against the kings you go six of 21 from three you continue to be probably the worst three-point shooting team in the league you know the lakers and Knicks will give you a run for your money but right now the raptors i think hold that very uh, un- unfavorable distinction you also get absolutely crushed on the defense of glass where you don't really have any rim protection to speak of out there against amanda sabonis and the parade of quick guards getting to the rim and getting blowbys and to me this game jamar kind of illuminated exactly the holes that the front office's team building plan have kind of created by design. And I don't think they've missed the three-point shooting and center play that they seemingly have punted on in the name of athletes and defense and 6'9 dudes quite as clearly as they did against the Kings last night. And so I'm sitting here, you know, you can get mad at Nick Nurse. You can get mad at, what, you know, all the guys, do whatever you want. To me, the issue at its core is the roster doesn't have the players to supplement the good players already on the roster. And the internal development bet, which was, hey, Precious Achu is going to shoot like he did at the end of last season. Chris Boucher is probably going to fall somewhere between the Tampa season and last year in terms of his three-point percentage. Uh, you're probably going to get at least one of Delano Banton or Justin Champagne or Malachi Flynn, one of these back-end young guys, to pop. None of those things have happened. OG, or, or Otto Porter Junior's barely played. You haven't gotten his shooting. And you're sitting there. Kind of, if you're the front office, the bet for internal development hasn't paid off. And now as we sit here on December 15th, as like 90% of the league can now be traded, it feels as though this is kind of on the front office to figure out. And they have the information now through 28 games that there's just not enough to supplement the good players on the team. What say you, Jamar, that this this game kind of illuminated, that it's now kind of in the front office's corner to figure this thing out?
2: I agree with you on the sense that this game showed a lot of the Raptors' weaknesses. For example, you already mentioned the three-point shooting over the last month. The Raptors are shooting around 28%, so that is actually the worst uh, three-point shooting team in the league. Um, so, I mean, they've they they they've been shooting so bad from three, now they're not even really trying to shoot threes because, I mean, like I don't look at the numbers really, but I'm pretty sure 21 threes is probably the least they've attempted all season. It's not a lot. They, it's yeah. like a uh,
1: 2008 numbers pretty much Exactly,
2: because they're, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're, they're not making them. Um, also, you know, the, you have, do you have the lack of a, of a true center? Uh, you have DeMontis a bonus, grab 20 boards on you guys. Um, and you know, a lot of that is, um, over uh, like the leaving shooters open. They did that a lot. A lot of that is overcompensation on drives, like that the offensive system, and then that leaves you know the corner threes open. And okay, they miss a corner three, then they grab the offensive board, then they kick it out, maybe shoot another open three. Like the, the Kings made 17 threes. and it mm. could have easily been over twenty because they only oh, man. Shot, yeah. they should they only shot thirty seven percent. They missed a lot of open threes. So it could a lot of
1: pop pop outs too, like three or four just like in and out.
2: <clears throat> yeah exactly so it could have been even more and then you know we've known that you know the the depth is an issue so yeah it just it just looked like like if your top guys are not on it like every game and pascal had his rare off game yesterday mm-hmm. yeah you you can see the you can totally see the glaring issues there so um like you said this is an interesting time of the year now, with uh, all, all the contracts and whatnot. I don't know what the front office will do. I don't know if they're waiting for more games to see if certain guys like a OG and a Otto Porter come back or a Precious come back and you know evaluate the team more. Then I don't know if they're waiting for that, or I don't know if they're thinking of something now. That's just something we'll have to see. But you know, fans are getting pretty impatient over the last couple of weeks and you know a lot of it is warranted so I mean Hmm. they're watching this team every day they know what the issues are and it just seems like the same thing is playing out over and over again and I know uh, a big argument is okay well you know the Raptors started 14 and 17 last year and they ended up 48 and 34 but it did you would think that you know that's not the same trajectory you would think Hmm. that this was a year where they were you know, trying to take a step up from that because we already know how that road ends. It's okay, we get in the playoffs and then we lose to one of these more you know top tier elite teams in the Eastern Conference, right? Mm-hmm. And the way the Raptors are going right now, you know, they may make the play in, and then you don't know what's going to happen. So you know, you 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 thought the ceiling was raised a little bit higher from last year, so you know that's why fans are a little bit concerned. They don't want they don't want to repeat last year. They wanted to see you know the team do better so yeah. we're gonna have, we're gonna see it's still a long season but you know there's a lot of questions that need to be answered
1: for sure and look I think the front office was more than justified to bet on internal development being the vessel by which they took that step everybody was hoping for right like the way that season last year progressed how could you not get kind of precious Achua pilled how could you not think that there was going to be some sort of meteoric rise from Scotty Barnes based on what he did in year one and like It's just taking longer than I think they anticipated. And I would bet that if they just stayed this course and, you know, kept the roster as is, hope for some health, things will probably end up pretty all right. And, you know, maybe not the sort of big leap that you were hoping for based on the overachievement of last year. But also, I mean, they overachieved last year. That should be agreed upon. And I don't know how fair it is to be like, well, you got to overachieve every year. Like, that's a pretty high bar to set, And if they end up, you know, kind of steadying out here, finishing with 45 wins and make no moves, that will be deemed as a failure. But I think, you know, it'll be far more, you know, dependent on what you see from the individual players themselves as to whether or not it was a step forward type of season. That said, you know, th- it was justified to bet on the the development. The development hasn't happened or not, you know, nearly enough to sustain the positive step forward. So you got to supplement it now. And, and I do think The front office deserves the benefit of the doubt here. They have done a very good job for a very long time of making the moves that are needed when they're needed. You think all the way back, you know, Serge Ibaka, P.J. Tucker, those were wonderful levers to pull that, if not for LeBron James, probably would have borne a lot more fruit. You know, the Kawhi deal, they are very good at making the deals when the information information suggests that there's a deal that needs to be made. So I'm going to give them the couple of months here before the deadline before really passing any judgment. But mm-hmm. if we get to the deadline and the front office hasn't done anything and things are still, you know, glaring in terms of the big holes on the team, then I think, you know, b- point your criticism all you want. But it does to me still feel like the the concept of patience just doesn't work in the minds of Raptors fans and NBA fans and the front office operates with patience. That's their whole MO. And I feel like maybe you have to sort of realign and just kind of grapple with the fact that they're not going to be fixed today, but there's plenty of time here, plenty of runway before the deadline for them to do something. And now I do think it's firmly in the hands of the front office to go and supplement the roster. If they feel like, you know, they also can go into next season and say, hey, that's when the development's really going to kick in, you know, that's a fine way to go about it, I suppose. But I do feel like that wastes a year of prime Pascal Siakam, which that's is exactly not a thing you want to do. Exactly. Pascal's too good right now. OG's gotten too good to just punt on this season. And, and I think it's got to be about adding and supplementing the core and giving these guys the pieces that they just haven't had in a long time when it comes to other players who affect winning basketball. It's just the the team-building concept, I think there's a lot to it. I think it's a smart idea to have a lot of 6'9 guys who are skilled. But at some point, you also have to have guys who do the things that have traditionally been successful in basketball, which is be tall, protect the rim, shoot threes. It's maybe kind of simple. I guess it's a matter of finding those guys, which I'm sure we will dive into a lot in the coming weeks and months. Any last notes on on the sort of big-picture stuff here, Jamar, before we dive into the nitty-gritty of this game?
2: Well, I just remember a couple of years ago when the Raptors were making all their aggressive moves to get Kawhi and get mm-hmm. Marc Gasol and uh, the Celtics that the season prior to 2018 season had, you know, overachieved, they damn near got to the finals. Mm-hmm. and then it's like they were the ones were being looked at it's like okay you have all these assets Danny Ainge. you didn't really make any moves how come you didn't make a move like the raptors did? like you could have gotten kawaii and stuff like that mm-hmm. and now it's funny it's funny because it, it feels like the script is, is flipped a little bit and obviously uh boston's a lot further ahead on their trajectory than the raptors are of course i mean like mm-hmm. you know, malcolm Brock said it himself but it's like they're they've made these little subtle moves over the last few years to, you know, to, to to improve, including uh Brogdon. Brogdon was one of the moves, getting Horford back and stuff like that. And now it's like we're looking at <laughs> we're looking at the South because like, okay, how come we can't make a little move to improve our roster and stuff like that? So I, I just find it funny.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, that's also an argument for being patient, right? And like f- realizing, all right, you've got a core right now of Pascal Siakam, OG and Scotty Scottie Barnes. Those three guys, you can go to war with those dudes. It's supplementing them and filling right. out the roster around them. And maybe that means a tough decision comes with Fred Van Vliet or Gary Trent Jr. at some point here before the deadline. I tend to think the Fred thing is more of a summer problem. Um, but either way, you know that there's a good core here. There's a a top 15 player, an all-NBA guy sitting right there in the prime of his at the peak of his powers. OG is on the way up. Scotty despite the struggles still has a ridiculous upside. Those three guys you go to war with and if you're just patient and kind of let things you know materialize around them, you you make the moves that are there when they're there. Like it, there's still plenty of reason to be optimistic about the long-term future of this team. It's just this year feels like it might be a bit of a waste if they don't go and supplement with guys who can sort of fill the very glaring holes that, again, I think last night's game illuminated more than any other game so far. Yeah, and
2: force and and forced Nurse to play more than eight guys uh. <laughs> in, in big
1: games. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're going to come back on the other side, and, and it wasn't all doom and gloom. We got some nice performances last night from Fred Van Vliet and Scotty Barnes in particular. We'll get to that in just one second here. Before we do that... However, got to tell you about ExpressVPN. So we all know how ExpressVPN protects your privacy and security online, right? But here's something you might not know. You can also use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. Maybe you've run out of stuff to watch on Canadian Netflix. Probably pretty easy to do that. This is going to change your world. ExpressVPN allows you to binge whatever you want in whatever country it might be because ExpressVPN lets you control where you want sites to think you're located. So you can choose from almost a hundred different countries and imagine the Netflix libraries you can go through. Imagine what you can watch on the BBC One Player. I love British television shows. Can't get enough. I'm really enjoying Slow Horses right now, for example. That one's available on Apple TV. That's no problem, but there's plenty of other great British shows you could only watch if you got that BBC iPlayer, so go and get yourself ExpressVPN and watch the shows you want to watch. Maybe you don't want to watch the typical commentary for the World Cup final on Sunday that you'll typically have to see. Maybe you want to see what the broadcast is going to be in France, for example. Watch it in French as France plays for the World Cup to- title. You can go and do that with ExpressVPN. So if you want to get access to hundreds of new shows, go to expressvpn.com slash locked on right now. You can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash locked on expressvpn.com slash locked on. Today's show is also brought to you by the NHTSA in this very important message. You're hanging out with some friends. You're putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out. You think of calling for a ride nah you live nearby you can make it home okay it's no big deal wrong what are the odds you get pulled over anyway you say even so what's the worst that could happen well the worst that could happen is you could lose your job total your car even kill someone everyone knows the risks of driving drunk the results are tragic and often deadly however that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel under the influence that's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives so if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks think again play it safe plan ahead to get a ride it only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever drive sober or get pulled over all right we continue on here with jamar hines of raptors republic uh let's get dig into the individual performances in this king's game jamar some beacons of hope and light for a couple of guys who have been struggling let's talk about fred van vliet 13 to 25 last night, he still goes 2 of 8 from 3, misses the big one at the buzzer, obviously that's going to hold the headlines, but 39, 8, 5 assists, 4 steals, a block, uh, 11 of 11 at the line, 5 of which came at the on the heels of the Mike Brown freakout, which I think was very justified <laughs> for Mike Brown, go Mike Brown, um, you know, he goes, what is it, 11 of 17 from 2 point range, that's a really nice indicator for him. Uh, what were your thoughts on Fred Van Vliet's bounce back performance? A real shame it doesn't come in a winning effort, but I think maybe some of the fears that Fred Van Vliet is just dead and broken and not a good basketball player anymore kind of eased, I would say, with this performance. No?
2: Well, when you say four steals and a block, is it really five steals or like how does it Probably,
0: work? yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: so um, regarding Fred, this was actually his second highest uh, scoring game. Yeah. He's never had a like he's never had one in the like end in the forties. Yeah, it's been 54, and then they're all in the 30s. So Mm -hmm. that was a little bit of a surprise to me. So yeah, this was his second highest scoring game, and he did it in a way that he doesn't normally do it. Because Mm -hmm. normally when Fred goes over 30 points, you're you think you're thinking like four, five, six, seven threes, right? But like you said, he only went two for eight because this shot right now is still hit or miss. So instead, Fred was going downhill a lot. I have never seen Fred go downhill this much and finish. Because mm-hmm. you know, you know, you see Fred, you know, go into trees and just throw something up and it doesn't go in. But t- today he was finishing. I mean, yesterday he was finishing them and mm-hmm. getting fouls. Um, you know, double digit free throws. That's another thing that Fred doesn't normally do. Is his fifth highest uh free throw attempts. So, yeah, and then, you know, a couple of them pissed off the Kings, like the one where he just mm-hmm. barreled into somebody and then, you know, De'Aaron Fox gets the technical. Mike Brown goes nuts. <laughs> I like Mike Brown. He's real, I, I like rules. the ener- Yeah, I like rocks, the energy yeah. Mike Brown's brought for the Kings um, this season. Even the, uh, I think, what was it, the preseason video where he was, like, he, like, ran across the, the practice court, like, showing them how they're supposed to, like, get back on defense. <laughs> uh, he, he's... He, I feel like Mike Brown got a a bad rap during the uh, his tenure with LeBron, and people just yeah. thought he was you know a crappy coach. But you know he, he he's really he's really doing things for the Kings, so I'm I'm rooting for him. But yeah, back to uh, back to Fred. So, um, him going downhill, drawing a bunch of fouls, uh, and keeping the Raptors in the game. Uh, at, at the end, the the three point shot that he missed at the end of the game. It's funny that when I saw the play, it's not the same play in terms of where, you know, the screen through set and the execution of it. But that play reminded me so much of um. Remember Reggie Miller's shot against the Bulls where he he comes in, he does a little push off Mm. then he basically shot from the exact same spot, got a good look (laughs) and it goes in. It's like that play looked really similar. It it, it made me kind of laugh. I had to like go back and watch the two. (laughs) for the uh, reggie's one was set a little higher and he went around the screen where fred went under it but it it was just funny how similar that was but yeah uh hopefully fred can string these together because um he had a really good game against the uh, mavs a few a a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. and then you know he went into a massive rut so with fred it's just uh, it's just a matter of consistency um being able to string together performances like this and the Kings are a perfect team to go downhill against because they're the f- second worst team in terms of blocks per game.
1: Yeah, there's no rim protection. Yeah, there's no rim protection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, they
2: they, they 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 start wing players at like power forward, like Harrison Barnes or Keegan Murray, and then you know they have Sabonis mm-hmm. in the middle who's not a shot blocker. So if there was any team to go, you know, go driving like hell down, it was this team. So. It's it yeah. was good to see Fred take advantage of that.
1: Yeah, like you probably want to see more than just a game against the Kings where he looks that dynamic getting yeah. downhill to like you know see if it's a trend. That's, that's where the consistency's continue forward. gotta kick in. 100 percent But I will say, like, a positive indicator for me is like his burst looked on point last night, like he was blown by dudes. Like he, he hasn't been doing that all the time this year. Great defensively still getting his ass blown by on the other end and like that's a problem for true. the entire team right now and you know there was a time last night where Scotty Barnes got blown by playing zone which feels like it shouldn't happen ever um, but yeah you know I I think you have to be encouraged by this game by Fred obviously the three's got to fall and, and you know that that I still feel like we're waiting for the sort of damned open at some point here with Fred. Um, but like, take the positive gains when you can get him, I suppose. And that applies to Scotty Barnes as well. 27, 7 and 10 for him. 10 of 16 overall. 2 of 3 from deep. A couple of really nice in rhythm catch and shoot threes for him. You know, he has the late turnover sort of getting a little overzealous that probably cost the Raptors a chance to win the game. That's a bummer for sure. He's had a couple of those late game gaffes. To me, that's just. It's second-year player stuff, and I don't know how much it's like a a damning telling thing as as much as it is a a once sort of poorly timed mistake or whatever. It also, I think, speaks to the fact that, you know, they needed perfection from their best players last night, and needing perfection's a really bad place to put yourself because the margin for error is so thin. Still, I think overall this was a a really impressive Scotty game. Super, uh, I, I think smart in the way he was probing the defense and kind of waiting for the right moment to throw passes that were turning into assists uh what were your thoughts on scotty's game obviously a couple of high profile you know not so great moments you know defensively still becomes uh you know just it seems like you're smacking your head against the wall watching him let guys go by him but uh, overall impressions of Scotty's 27 10 or 7 and 10 night
2: yeah the one defensive highlight i really liked obviously is when um who is it that he blocked? I feel like it was Murray where he had to chase yeah. down block early in the yes, first quarter. The Fred, hell out of him, yeah, Fred kinda got in the way. Alvin Williams did a great job of pointing it out where Fred kind of yeah. got in the way, which made him go to the other side of the rim and then swat uh, Scotty swatted the hell out of him. <laughs> but uh Scotty did a lot of good things and certainly, you know, getting in that post area. He's, he's really developed that, that, that little hook shot to, you know, get him a couple buckets there. Uh, he made, made a couple big threes in the fourth that felt like that was going to be just enough for the Raptors. But then obviously, you know, six versus 17, the Kings just kept making them right back. Um, and yeah, he was, he had the ball in his hands a lot. I, I, I felt like, uh, you know, this obviously I said earlier this was a kind of a down game from past for Pascal. So mm-hmm. Pascal was, you know, cool just being off ball and letting letting Scotty operate and he was doing a good job of it. Um the next thing for Scotty is just to take these type of performances on the road because you know, his home road yeah. splits are are pretty damning at this point. And, you know, we just came off a Orlando series where Scotty looked invisible for much parts of it. So Mm -hmm. it's just, you know, bringing that same energy and consistency on the road, you know, for Fred, it's consistency on a performance issue for Scotty. It's consistency on a, just like a energy issue. It seems sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's just, yeah. I just like to see them, you know, string these together, but yeah, both of them, you couldn't really ask for any, anything more. And that just, you know, again illustrates the issue that it feels like the raptors have to be perfect Mm -hmm. from their best players at times to pull out these games because obviously pascal wasn't if you have a normal pascal game we win this game but that didn't happen and especially when a guy like og is out that stresses that even more it's like the margin for error is really slim
1: yeah like Further to the point I was making off the top about how this game illuminated a lot of stuff about the Raptors, I think it also illuminates that, like, the problem is not the good players. Yes, Fred needs to be better than he has been, for sure, um, but the track record suggests that he'll figure it out and get back to something resembling a good player. It's that the players around the good players don't offer enough you know, margin for error, enough cushion for those guys not to be amazing every night. And that's just not a place where you can operate over a course of an 82-game season. You know, Chris Boucher has himself a rough game, uh, has had himself a bit of a rough stretch overall, I would say. You know, Wancho... Yeah tries his best but man does that dude still get his ass blown by pretty much every time uh you know he's great in team defense not so much in 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 single coverage christian coloco uh you know we'll i have some stuff on him that we'll get to in the good the bad and the hmm like there's just not enough right now and that's injury that's you know development and guys not coming along as quickly as you'd like all of that um we're gonna get into the good the bad and the hmm from this game to round things out jamar in just one sec before we do that however gotta tell you about built bar who are making the best tasting protein bars in the game they're good for you they taste great they make it feel like you're cheating but you're not you're having something that's loaded with protein has only about 130 calories on average which is like half or way more than less than half uh, uh Way more than less than half, whatever. Lots of there's way less calories in a built bar than there is in your typical candy bar. Is the point here? They got a lot of amazing flavors, including candy cane brownie. They've got built puffs as well right now. The most delicious cloud of decadence you could possibly have. They're marshmallowy. They're protein filled. They're delicious. And you can go. And get yourself all sorts of flavors right now just by going to Built.com. It's seasonal time. They've got all sorts of holiday flavors available for you. Go find the ones you might like. Also go with their staple flavors. You can't go wrong. Uh, everyone's going to have a Built Bar that is suited to their tastes and preferences it's a magical wonder of time wonderful time of year of course go find yourself some built bars to make it even more wonderful built you got to try this get 15 off your order right now by using the code locked on 15 at built.com that's the promo code locked on 15 at built.com All right, Jamar. We've reached the good, the bad, and the hmm, the way. We recap all of your Toronto Raptors games with a thing we liked, thing we didn't like, thing that's got us a little interested going forward. Let's begin with the good, shall we? What you got for your good?
2: Repeating myself a little bit here, but mm. it's just simply Fred's finishing. It's just yep. he finished at a rate I've never seen him finish. Uh, I, I believe six of his thirteen makes came inside the restricted area so Mm -hmm. again that's a fred game i've never seen before so you know i want to see more of it yeah this is
1: a this is a weird one because uh the good for this game is the two things we just talked about in the the last segment but like you know are we allowed to say Scotty had a really great game? I, I I know the the couple mistakes were there, but overall I I think you know he I'll is my so. good yeah he's my good from this game. The playmaking was pretty incredible. Couple of you know miscues. He had a, like an attempted bounce pass to Kem Burch in traffic that was pretty ill timed and all of that. But uh, Fred and Scotty really do feel like the two goods from this game. So we can kind of move on to mm-hmm. uh, more unsavory matters. Let's go to the bad. I'm going to go first here. For me, Christian Coloco's box outs are uh, real bad right now, Jamar. He, He just... He's not strong enough to sort of contend with dudes. You know, Sabonis was just kind of moving him out of the way on the interior. And it wasn't just that Christian Coloco was failing to grab defensive rebounds. It was the entire team. There were a lot of just kind of staring around and hoping someone was going to come down with it as it, you know, popped out to Malik Mug for a three. Um, But I, I feel like Christian Coloco, in addition to... The offensive strides he still needs to make with going up strong. Oh, by the way, two nice dunker spots, dunker spot dunks last night. That was cool. But the the boxing out, the sort of strength on the interior is just not there right now. And I think again, it kind of speaks to the fact that some sort of rim protection help would be very, very nice for the Raptors to go and try to acquire. Jamar, what was your bad in this game?
2: Uh, well. All the players, well, I mean I shouldn't say all the players, but Fred All the players. You know, they're you know, all bad. Right? Get rid <laughs> no. of them
1: all. Rebuild, no, I that's say. Not, that's not what I mean. <laughs> um,
2: I was talking about the podium players after the game, Fred, right. Scotty, and Nurse. Uh they were all asked about, you know, how you know Sacramento kept getting wide open threes, and mm-hmm. you know, obviously Fred was more blunt about it than anybody as he usually sure. is. You know basically saying that they 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 flat out sucked, and you know it's a look in the mirror thing, go containing your guy individually, but even like we've seen this time and time again where they just pack the paint for no reason, and that's what happened in the fourth. Uh, mm-hmm. the, there's a I think Monk had a wide open three where I forget who was driving, but it was, uh, it was the one to put them up for good, I believe, and. Cr- Chris Boucher is just hanging out in the paint like 15 feet away from his guy for absolutely no reason. There are already three other guys in the paint. Mm-hmm. And then you had a miscommunication after that where, you know, two guys go to one, to one person in the corner and then that leaves someone from the wing wide, o- wide open. So it's just, for me, the, the three is the most valuable sh- shot in basketball. And it's just, mind-boggling to me how open they are so often obviously this is something that you know it's 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 strategic base i understand that but they have to figure out you know rotation wise film wise and they all talked about having to watch film you know afterwards but just how to you know I've seen the Raptors play it better, where you know they're they're running at guys at the three point line. They may catch it at the three point line with a little bit of space, but then by the time you know these long six nine limbs and everything get there, you know they don't have the time to shoot it and they run them off the three point line. But that has seemed to disappear over the last little bit, where it's like they catch it and they could like you know do their little free throw routine and you know read the uh, serial number. Yeah, read the serial <laughs> number and all that type of stuff. And <laughs> that's just not going to work. I mean, yeah. or, Orlando, the, it was the same way Orlando pulled uh, pulled away in the fourth the last game where they kept leaving Franz uh, Wagner open. And th- that's how they pulled away because that guy didn't even have a three before the fourth. And then he had three threes in the fourth alone, and they were all pretty much wide open. So it's mm-hmm. just, it, it feels like as the games go on, because remember, the Raptors only allowed 23 points in the first quarter. They looked means, really good
1: defensively in yeah, the first quarter. Exactly. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
2: And that that was the same story for the last game. And then they allowed 101 points over the next three quarters, including mm-hmm. 36 in the fourth. So it's just – it feels like as the game goes on, you just see the cracks open up more and more. And it's just, okay, how do you maintain that first quarter defensive effort mm-hmm. all game? Because even Scotty said after the game, it's like we play two and a half good quarters and then, you know – everything just falls off so they they just have to make find a way to like get back to closing out on shooters properly instead of leaving them wide open and you know maintaining that same defensive uh, energy throughout the entire game
1: yeah the inevitability of math really felt like it was hanging over them in this game like they were scoring their twos doing their thing but then if you're not capable of also pouring in a bunch of threes to pad your, your lead and kind of you know keep pace, you can't simply be allowing a parade of wide open threes at the other right. end. And I, I think, for me, the way they just totally kind of caved in on the defensive rebounding department was a big reason for a lot of those open threes. It was maybe like a little bit different of a recipe from, you know, their typical sort of funnel wide open threes to the right guys, as it were. Um, Either way, though, like the the math is like this team can't afford to get sloppy in the way it contests the math because the math is pretty stacked against them with the way they're shooting right now. Uh, Let's get into the, hmm. This was a weird Siakam game, right? It, Mm -hmm. It felt as though he had... Like, uh, just his choice of whichever mismatch he could go and bludgeon. And he did that for the most part. He got to his spots really capably in this one. He just was off on the touch, you know, kind of around the bucket. There was a lot, I think, in terms of just, like, contests coming from weird angles and, like, extra bodies in the fray. And I do really feel like this was the first time we've seen the Raptors' lack of shooting and lack of space at all really affect Siakam this season. Um, And while he got to his spots, he was usually doing so in sort of like a thicket of three guys. It was very Tampa-like, honestly. Like it, It was the first time I think we've seen that sort of Tampa effect of he's just driving headlong into three bodies and he's good enough to score over them at times, but it just felt like even though those shots felt open from his spots, there was just a little bit more duress, a little bit more in terms of footsteps that he was hearing, and that's what led to a seven of nineteen performance. Which you know, yet you, you, you accept it with how amazing he's been this season, but you can't afford that if you want to win these games, considering the margins they're playing with. Um, and so I, I do wonder if maybe we start to see teams use what the Kings did last night, which was collapse onto Pascal, was a crazy aggression. Maybe they start to go a little bit more sort of aggressive in that mode as well, you know, in future games, as it seems like if you give enough Pressure to Siakam, the guys around him aren't gonna burn you with their three point shooting, so why not go all out to stop the one guy who seems like he's unstoppable? That's a, something I'm gonna keep an eye on here. If the shooting can't come around in at least some way in the coming weeks and months, uh, Jamar, what's your hmm?
2: No, that's a that's a good point of uh, you know packing the paint in terms of uh, teams can do that defensively, and if Raptors are getting in the way as well, Aaron Bain style, that does <laughs> that does um, affect. Uh, Pascal a little bit although he did miss some bunnies that you know to me is a, an anomaly but totally yeah it, that is a good point to bring up and when the Raptors are only making six threes in the game you can afford to do that especially like missing OG who's one of their best shooters who's having a down year shooting himself as everybody is but yeah that definitely hurts Uh my hmm is the I want to see because this is your punishment for letting Orlando sweep you ho- that w- with that home and home, now the schedule gets tougher. Um, yeah. their neck, the next twelve games, eleven of their opponents are over five hundred. The one that's not is the defending champion Golden State Warriors. Now who, who might may- not have Steph? Exactly, that's what yeah. I was just about to get into. They may not have stuff. He's going to go undergo an MRI, and we'll we'll see what happens with that. You know, that, that- that's probably going to suck for whoever got tickets to go to that game the one time you <laughs> get to see stuff. It's it's crazy how these things play out sometimes in the NBA where it's just like, you know, either either the guy sitting out or the guy gets injured just before you were going to go see him. So, you know, uh, hopefully stuff's all right. But yeah, uh, the Warriors have their own issues. But other than that, there's a lot of teams and a lot of them in the Eastern Conference that, you know, they were playing Brooklyn again on
1: it. How do we how the hell
2: are we done to schedule Brooklyn before Christmas?
1: I don't know, I'm glad for it. I'm sick of I, thinking about the Nets. Uh, I know, so. but it's just it's
2: just <laughs> it's weird. The yeah. way the schedule's made is just weird. Like mm-hmm. you're talking about a division opponent and december january through april you don't see them at all you would think it'd be spaced out a little bit whereas
1: like the other side of things too is they don't finish with the celtics until they play two against them in the final week of the season like that that, that's very weird yeah but Um, yeah
2: this uh this this going down the stretch i mean we're already we're already having these convert big picture conversations and stuff mm -hmm. and you know uh, depending, you know, if the Raptors can find their groove, especially with the shooting and you know, defending shooting, um, things could go real ugly real quick if they don't find those type of answers. So, you know, this this whole this the rest of this month for sure is basically a litmus test to see, you know what can improve and how quickly it can improve and you know hopefully you get a guy like og back sooner rather than later although he's going to be evaluated in another week or so and you know how that goes and i Mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure Otto porter is gone for the foreseeable future and Mm we and there hasn't been any new news on precious yet so the depth will not be there so it's just how do we uh how do the raptors you know carve out these wins they're they're going to be a grind but you know we're we're going to we're going to see how this plays out. The schedule is not kind, so we'll we'll see. Yeah.
1: I mean, if the Raptors wanted to go ahead and, you know, trade for some depth pieces today, I'd be cool with that. Uh I don't know if we need the next stretch of games to tell us any more about what this team needs, but yeah, Nets, Warriors, Sixers, Knicks, Cavs, Clippers, Grizzlies, Suns, Pacers, Bucks, Knicks, Blazers, and then you get a couple against the Hornets and then the Hawks to kind of, you know, relax and once you get into January. But this next stretch, man, It's going to tell us a lot. And, you know, I think the sort of range of outcomes here is they acquit themselves pretty admirably. And it becomes even more clear that it's not about the best players and that it's just about finding those depth pieces. And if they really go off the rails here, Then Fred and Gary Trent Jr. become really interesting as far as, you know, do you just move them before the deadline, before the contract situations come to a head? Um, We don't know that yet. I would still err on the side of, I would imagine Fred's going to be more of a summer decision, but we'll see. This next little stretch is a big one. That's a great hmm by you. Jamar was a great appearance by you as well. Anything you'd like to promote for the good people out there?
2: Yeah, check out my Twitter handle, Jamar, J-A-M-A-R-B-H. Um, I just posted a recap of these uh, of this Kings game on Raptors Republic, you know, highlighting some of the issues that we we talked about and some other stuff and, you know, some clips and whatnot. So, you know, definitely check that out. Um, I will be posting a preview of the Nets game uh, tomorrow. So, yeah, I'm always posting um, a, a few you know articles a week, even some 905 stuff here and there. So, yeah, definitely check that out.
1: You're doing great stuff, man. Everyone go check out Jamar. Everyone go support Raptors Republic, our pals over there. And uh, we'll round it out there. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back again tomorrow with Casey Bannerman, noted artist who does a lot of stuff in conjunction with the Toronto Raptors. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll have a good time with him and try to lighten the mood, I think, as things are as sort of dire as they felt with the raptors in a very long time it's weird it's kind of interesting honestly for a team that's been a metronome of good decisions and good play for the last decade so uh you know don't go anywhere we'll break it all down as we
2: you gotta uh, ask you gotta ask casey about those new name player awards
1: i hear he's not a big fan of it (laughs) i I can't imagine having an opinion on it really like who cares but we'll (laughs) talk to casey about that tomorrow uh excited to to get him on the show but uh, until then, thank you so much for tuning in. Go make your second listen of the day. Locked on sports today as Pete Bukowski runs through all of the news from around the sports world in 22 neat and tidy minutes each and every morning. Go check it out. And uh, with that, we'll talk to you on Friday. With another episode of Locked on Raptors. Bye-bye.